lights. It's seven Friday night. Welcome to our 10th episode of Seven Friday Night. I'm Sports Stars editor Chase Bryson, and it's a ginormous week of NorCal football, both on the field and on the podcast waves. Before we jump into this week's episode, we want to give a quick plug to a bonus episode that we'll be releasing this week. Wednesday, October 6th, marks the 20th anniversary of the national number one versus number two showdown between De La Salle and Long Beach Poly. The Spartans were still in the midst of their 151-game winning streak, but incredibly, we're ranked number two behind the Jackrabbits in the USA Today poll before that game. The game at Veterans Stadium in Long Beach attracted over 10,000 fans and more than 100 media members. And to commemorate it, we leaned heavily on our ties to Coach Terry Edson and it paid off big time. In addition to Edson, we will welcome legendary Spartans coach Bob Latticer, former De La Salle quarterback Matt Gutierrez, and former Contra Costa Times reporter Joe Stiglitz to share memories of what is arguably still the biggest California high school football game of this century. That bonus episode releases Wednesday, so be sure to keep an eye out. Now, let's get to this week, which has its own big showdown game among several other good ones. And I'll now officially welcome in my trusty co-host. He's recording just hours after a dentist appointment. What leadership qualities? It's Benny Dose. Howdy, Ben. I'm in a great mood. The dentist always puts you in a great mood. Well, the you've covered the biggest piece of our week. We're really excited about this um, deep dive back into the history books um, and a great conversation with some guys that we really respect and have known a long time. So be sure to look out for that. But let's uh, shoot, man, let's start at the top and let's look backwards before we look forwards to this uh, this week. Um, we had a bunch of big games last week. And let's start at the top. Sarah San Mateo passed its first big test picking up a 41 to seven win over Bellarmine. So Sarah is who we thought they were, but big caveat to this one with star running back, the missile, one of our favorite uh, nicknames, Hassan Mahasan going down with a knee injury. So that's a, that's a quick way to feel real bad about a good win. Uh, I took a very short car ride to Benicia to watch a really important MCS division three game between Benicia and Windsor. I got to tell you, it wasn't the best game per se because Windsor won 38 to 14, but it was an enjoyable night of football from the spectator's perspective. Um, first on the winner side, I think the biggest compliment I can pay Windsor is that they looked familiar. They look like Cardinal Newman. Paul Cronin has those dudes rolling. Chase Vemeyer is a heck of a quarterback who looks a lot in the mold of some of those great Newman quarterbacks we've seen under Cronin over the years and and so they have so many weapons like guys like damon escarcega makai johnson hayden anderson who you may have read about on sportsstarsmag.com this weekend and that up-tempo uh pressure offense that the cronin favors so they're absolutely a bull threat to me and if you're building a list of the best coaches in california you're gonna have to do a lot to convince me that paul cronin should not be on that list because he is one heck of a football coach um since i got on my soapbox last week I will jump back up on it again this week, just for a quick minute. I want to wrap my uh, opening statement, Your Honor, with a comment on Benicia, because I had a really great conversation with Craig Holden, Benicia's head coach. Um, the Panthers have a ton of skill position talent, and I still think they'll be in the mix for the league title, even though they, they stubbed their toe against Clayton, which if you look at the two teams lined up next to each other, you will realize it is a bad matchup from a size perspective, uh, and, and against Windsor last week. But what I want to comment on more is recruiting, because I cannot recall in my time as a sports writer a coach that's been more willing to go to the mat for one specific player than Holden does, and he did again Friday for his linebacker and running back, Janari Boone. So after we talked before the game, I made a point to watch Janari a little bit closer, and I'm going to say the same thing about him that I did a guy a few weeks ago. This guy is a football player. That's it. I can't think of a better compliment. I'm gonna, I may be singing Coach Holden's party line here, but this dude can just flat out play the game of football. And it's not like he's small or something. Janari Boone should have scholarship offers. For all the college coaches out there listening, and I know there are some, let me do you a favor. <laughs> Call Craig Holden today and get Janari Boone to play for your team. Then after you hang up the phone, 
call Jake Rincon at El Cerrito and get Robert Freeman to play for your team. These dudes do not need stars on a website. They don't need highlight reels. If I am a college coach, I want these guys on my team, period. All right. Now I've got my weekly rant off my chest. Thank you for letting me, you know, just go on and on uh, and hijack our podcast yet again. Let's spin it forward. The elephant on the schedule lives in Folsom this week where it's the Bulldogs hosting De La Salle in a game we all circled on our calendar a long, long time ago. At the risk of allowing you to break into a Johnny Cash song, although I wear more black than you do most days, what are you expecting to see this Friday in Folsom, good sir? Well, since you invoked Johnny Cash, I will take this moment to actually share that I am married to someone who is an actual relative of Johnny Cash, like a fourth cousin removed or something. But, I, had, I did not. I've known you. But a I long married time into the I Cash did, family, so I did not know this. Yeah, so I don't care if you wear black. I'm married to a Cash relative. Wow. Anyways, I like that. <laughs> so yes, we're both super excited about this matchup this week. And uh, real, real quick before I jump back to that, since you dropped a little bit of uh, commentary on your game from this week, yes, I was also at a game this week. You're very proud of me. I made it to the sidelines. I went to Foothill Pleasanton and watched the Falcons host Saramone Valley. Uh, I wanted to see, I hadn't seen Saramone Valley yet this year. You had, and I wanted to get my eyes on them. And I thought, you know, we both thought this would be a better matchup than it turned out to be because we didn't know that Foothill was dealing with a, a number of injuries, including being down six starters. So it was lopsided and it was lopsided in a hurry, but still Saramone Valley looked awful good in the 42-0 win. So now back to the big game. I will be there at Folsom this week, tag teaming with fellow Sports Stars writer Ike Dodson, and uh, I'm fired up for it. I will likely sidestep this one in official picks this week so because I'm going to be there. Uh, and I'm going to have to talk to coaches later <laughs> afterwards. So uh, I won't I won't probably talk about an official picks. I do think De La Salle are the underdogs, and yet I still think they can come away with a, uh, with a victory. I know you've watched a fair amount of De La Salle on TV so far this year, Ben, so I'm going to throw you a fill the gap. Here you go. For De La Salle to win at Folsom, they absolutely must blank. First of all, I, uh, you'll have to excuse me that I forgot to throw to you for analysis of a game last week. It's a new thing for us. Uh, second, I'm a little heartbroken that uh, you've replaced me with Ike. I know he is better looking than me. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to hang out here and cry. All right, back to the program. I know this is going to make you laugh. To win at Folsom, De La Salle absolutely must make the pitch. <laughs> I've joked about this over the years, but when the Spartans are at their best, the veer attack is humming with a variety of options, dives, the sprint option, all of it. They're going to need the full complement of offensive options this week to keep pace with the Bulldogs. And that means that it's on the offense to do what De La Salle does be multiple in the running game, stay on schedule offensively, and don't get put in that position where third and long means that the defense knows you have to pass. Make the pitch, run the rock, do what you do, and all will be well with the world. I would agree with that. That's a really accurate impression of, of what they probably must do. I, I would also add to that maybe as a 1A of what they must do is they, they've got to get pressure on the quarterback. I think in all their, on all their wins against Folsom, they've been able to get the Folsom quarterback under pressure on the ground. And Tyler Tremaine is in the long line of really good quarterbacks. And as long as he's upright, they're really dangerous. So we knew uh, we were going to have plenty to discuss about this game and about the midway point of the season. So we reached out to a couple more experts uh, to be our main guests this week. Sacramento Bee Prep Sports Editor Joe Davidson and Cal High Sports co-founder and editor Mark Tennis both accepted our invitation for a roundtable discussion. And here's how it played out. Well, now that we've reached the halfway point of the regular season and with the big NorCal clash between De La Salle and Folsom happening this week, we thought it would be the perfect time to bring in a few of our well-respected colleagues for a roundtable discussion on where the season is at and a preview of the big showdown in Folsom. So joining us today is longtime Sacramento Bee prep editor Joe Davidson and Cal High Sports co-founder and editor Mark Tennis. Welcome, gentlemen, and thanks for joining us. It's Hi, good James. to be here. Glad to be here. Awesome. 
Is there a big game this week? I haven't been paying attention. What's going on around here? Yeah. <laughs> this week, uh, the center of the universe is located uh, in Joe's neck of the woods. So we'll get there uh, a little bit later. But we wanted to start, um, since we've got you guys both in the same place at the same time, a little big picture talk, because the four of us have seen a lot of football so far this season. Um, and we led into the season, as uh, I think all of us did, trying to figure out what high school football normalcy would look like this year. Um, and it, if you're standing on the sideline at the game you've chosen, it probably looks pretty normal to you while understanding that kind of behind the scenes, it's really been anything, but Joe, I'll start with you. And then Mark, I'd love to get your take as well, but what has been your general impression about how the season has gone so far from a big picture perspective? And do you think that we'll continue to see some of the bigger league and playoff games affected by the same things that have affected non-league games so far, cancellations, players lost to COVID testing, et cetera. Uh, well, Ben, the early this season, the first week of the, the season in the Sac Joaquin section, anyways, um, we had like 15 games canceled because of COVID. And I thought, here we go. And this is, this is the 11th hour scramble of we need a game. Somebody dropped and all these coaches preparing all these days and their student athletes for one opponent and then that opponent doesn't happen and I thought this is going to ruin the season uh, it's just it's going to be a drag and then I think we've averaged maybe one game since um, we had a few games smoked out which is the norm unfortunately in northern California with all these wildfires fires the last several years but it has really uh, been a spectacular show I, I ran a story the other day in the B on you know, these, every game in Elk Grove Unified area and Sacramento City and San Juan Unified and up Highway 50 and all through Placer County, every game is an event, whether it's ranked teams, unranked teams, student bodies are getting out there, the band, uh, drum lines, the, the, the activities directors are working with the athletic directors and the principals. And the uh, principal at uh, Rockland, Davis Stewart, said um, football is back and it's king. And so that's awesome. We love to see that. And uh, talking big picture, we all know that a sold out game is a big boost in the gate receipts for the home team as it helps fund all the athletic teams. And that didn't happen until 2020. And it only happened, um, you know, in bits and pieces and in the spring season where most fans weren't allowed. So um, I'm super encouraged. I think it's great. I think people I think the performances have, have been terrific. People are hungry for football. I think they love exactly what you touched on there, Ben. They want some normalcy. It's so good for kids to be involved and parents to go out. And uh, I was in a game in Woodland the other night in Yolo County, Crosstown Rivals, Pioneer, Woodland. Um, they haven't done much of anything over there. The place is packed. And it's just, it's just really cool that people have, uh, have bought in. I think it's the most I think it's the best ticket for your entertainment value that you can grab, grab for your for your neighborhood. So I'm I'm super encouraged. I think this momentum Ben's going to roll right on into the playoffs. It's, high school football is the thing to do, and, and it's it's great to see. Mark, what have you seen uh, in the games that you've been at? You've been to games in both the Sacramento area and in the Bay Area. Here, what's uh, been your kind of big picture take through the first few weeks of the year? Um, I've also been down to Southern California for the Honor Bowl, and then I went to. Uh, uh, a game at Clovis uh, for Buchanan against Los Alamitos. And I would say it's about 90, 95% of normal in terms of the crowds, in terms of, you know, you still have to think about wearing a mask. People don't always wear a mask, but you have to kind of think about it and have one available in case you're in a situation inside where you might need one. Um, but I think it's like 90, 95% of normal. I think the crowds are good. I think uh, the trends that we had, before the, the pandemic, which was a lot of top teams kind of wanting to play each other for playoff seating or to be higher on the on the bowl board at the end. I think those trends are continuing. Um, you know, uh, De La Salle is playing Folsom this week. Uh, next year, De La Salle and Sarah are going to play again. Um, and they're going to have a two-year deal at least. Um, so you're, you're seeing that in Southern California, the new playoffs down there, a lot of the teams uh, kind of playing each other. In, in, the, in the southern section, especially the top eight, 10 teams are tending to play each other, the ones that aren't in the same league anyway. Um, every week, we probably have about two or three uh, key games that are really impacted by COVID. And that's probably still, I don't know if that's going to go down or not. I mean, we have McClymans in Pittsburgh 
um, this week, and we had McClymans and, and I mean, had Sarah in, in Pittsburgh earlier in the season. Um, Sarah of Gardena was one of the teams uh, hit by it this last weekend. Um, so I think you're still seeing two or three a week. And I don't know if hopefully that goes down to zero, but I doubt it. It'll probably, there's, there'll still be you know, a couple. And I hope none of them are in the playoffs, obviously. So that's kind of the big picture, I think, in terms of the whole state. One of the things that Ben and I talked about a couple of weeks ago were teams that, that uh, not necessarily teams that we expected to, to show out this year, but some, some of the uh, surprises that we've seen. Um, Joe, it's clear that Folsom and Rockland are exactly who we thought they were back in August. Um, I would say Jesuit too, to a degree. Uh, but beyond those teams, what programs in, in the Sacramento Key sections are ones that have stood out to you as sort of a surprise for the first six or seven weeks? Uh, well, Chase, there's no doubt Folsom and Rockland um, are, are um, you know, just a level ahead. Uh, it's going to be curious to see. Mark Tennis was at this game with me when Rockland played uh, Del Oro, and Rockland's got a, a really good six foot five, strong arm, 4 0 GPA student quarterback, Kenny Leith, who may miss most of the season now with a knee strain. Is that a strain? Um, not going to win a section. Yeah, yeah a it's not a tear. Oh, good. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an MCL strain. But, you know, it causes swelling. And so he could be out three, four, five, six weeks. Um, and, you know, it's still a, a strong team. But uh, you're not going to win a section championship without your, your frontline guy. It's just not going to happen and, uh, or even win that league championship. Uh, but Rockland's dominant. But then there's, a, then there's a big drop. And Jesuits a really good team. It's our number three team in the Sacramento B. has uh, won five in a row but just got hammered in a season opener 56 to seven to, to, um, to Folsom. And so that's a big gap. Um, I don't think we, you know, I, I don't see any other real threats right now to get into a, a bowl mix, you know, no real heavyweights out of the first two um, in Folsom and Rockland. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to brainstorm here a little bit. Plass has been good over the years, struggling this year. Lincoln's a pretty strong team, maybe for division three and four Lincoln zebras of Placer County, but um, you know, we'll, and we'll see a lot on the gauge meter um, this week with, with Folsom and De La Salle for sure. Um, Mark, you got a chance to see Sarah yesterday, which is something that the other three of us can't say. Um, and we talked about Kenny Leith's uh, knee strain a minute ago. We're going to talk about another knee right now. First, what did you think of the Padres? And second, just how big is the loss of the missile Hassan Mahasan going to be for Coach Walsh and his team? Uh, the missile is going to be a big loss. You, you can tell after the game. It's weird. The last two games I've been to, they've had two key knee injuries. The uh, Kenny, is it pronounced Kenny Luth? Uh, but, but well, Kenny's... you know, for, for social media purposes, I always called him Kenny Luth because then I could say something cheesy yeah. like Luth, the truth. <laughs> yeah. And then somebody said, it's Leith. And it's I said, okay. it's Leith only if we say so on social media. No, but it's Leith. <laughs> it's Leith. Well, well, you know, his was devastating because, you know, he thought it was the worst case scenario, obviously on the sideline, because he was in bad. He was he was crying. You know, a lot You're of talking about Leith up, up in Yeah, Leith's injury yeah. was awful. Um, they thought it was bad. I'm glad it wasn't. Um, the Sarah one was was interesting because um, they're not even sure when he injured his knee, when of uh, the missile in, in, injured his knee. Uh, but but he was he didn't have an ice pack on it. But you know, players know when it's bad. They just know when they, they, they feel the knee and the Sarah people, uh, coach Walsh said that, that their, their, their doctor is really good on early diagnosis of knee injuries. And he, they, they all think it's, it's an ACL and he's going to be done. And it was pretty, it, it was pretty sad. And, you know, it, and it, those are really hard games because, you know, you try to talk to people after the end of these games and you have one team that lost so they don't want to really talk. And then the other team lost a key player and they don't really, they're not in a good mood either, even though they won. So th that makes it hard. Um, the one thing about Sarah is they, they were, even before the injury, um, they were, they weren't using Mahasan a lot at running back. He was in the slot a lot. He was on the outside. Um, it was explained to me later. They think he, he might be a, a slot receiver in college. Um, some they, they want to get colleges to look at him in that position, not just running back. And the kid that they had in there at running back at 170 yards uh, rushing, and that was Patello G-E, 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 it's pronounced G-I. 
Um, he's, he's very good. They have a really good offensive line. Um, and they, they told me that a couple guys are coming back in the offensive line. So they might have like three, you know, 280 to 300 pound guys in there. So, um, and they have a lot of other weapons that are emerging. Their sophomore class is uh, probably the best sophomore class they've ever had in terms of D1 guys, running backs, DBs. Joseph Bay, I remember him at number 10, a sophomore they had was very impressive in the, in the secondary yesterday. Um, so I don't think it's going to affect them maybe that much, you know, from a positional strategic point of view. They still have Dominique Lampkin, the quarterback, and that's really the strength of the team because he's able to run and pass. Um, so I, I don't know if it's going to be that huge of a loss. Um, I think they're thinking they just have to get to the St. Francis game, figure out a way to stop their running game, and they'll be fine. The debate will be between Sarah and Folsom if Folsom beats De La Salle this week. They'll be like, which one's number one? Which one goes to the open division if they win out? Which one, you know, goes to the second spot in the NorCal, you know, the D1AA spot? Who goes to that one? Um, and that's that's where it gets more interesting because no one really wants to be in the top game, really. <laughs> and, you know, that that's so interesting, Mark, because the there's so much more season to go, certainly. And anything could happen in these playoffs, injuries. I mean, the missile is a devastating injury. Best nickname of Northern California, by the way, the missile. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think if Kenny Leith is healthy, I think uh, Rockland would battle Folsom. There's no doubt. Um, you know, Rockland has some real physical guys and, and, and some uh, guys in the trenches and the guys in the linebackers and all that. But, um, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, we're, we're here already at week seven in a flash and, and so many things could change and, uh, you know, Mark, you and I were talking about this at the at the Rockland game. That great win for St. Francis of Mountain View uh, against De La Salle is is historic and wonderful. But for St. Francis, it only really carries if St. Francis keeps going. Uh, right. it, it would be a spin out if St. Francis plays third in the, in the uh, WCAL. I don't I don't see that happening. But uh, got to keep it going. So we'll we'll see. It's gonna be fun. So uh, we've already hinted at it, obviously, but now it seems like as good a time as any to talk about the showdown on Iron Point Road this week. Uh, let's talk about Folsom real quick. Uh, what are uh, Joe, what are your overall thoughts on the Bulldogs and how does this team compare to some of its predecessors that were unable to vanquish the Spartans? Vanquish, that's a good one. Um, um, have Tyler Tremaine, who you know, it's just a spectacular quarterback. He's five foot 11, 175 pounds, makes all the throws. And Folsom's motto over the years, Chase, is if you keep the quarterback upright, we'll tear you to bits. And that's what they're doing this year. Two big time national recruits and just juniors, Rico Flores, a receiver, great hands. Uh, he's a guy you could see doing well in college. Walker Lyons, defensive end, bigger uh, prospect, probably a tight end. Um, coaches love these guys, not only because they're big time playmakers, but they're, they're, they're four students. So they, they give you everything. Um, so I, it's, 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 it's a, it's a really impressive team. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't think that they'll try to reinvent the wheel going against De La Salle. Um, you know, sometimes teams try to do too much against De La Salle. You know, if you ask me if, are they going to win the game, um, you know, I'm going to uh, later. So you can yeah, we'll do, we'll ask what we'll, we'll ponder that later. But but Folsom is <laughs> is is a great entertainment value, and they play good football. They play clean, good football. Um, you know, and 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 that wasn't the case through 2019, where where Monterey Trail beat them. Um, the best way to beat this team is you got up ground control, and uh, easier said than done. So a uh, very impressive team, worthy of the number one Northern California. Um, you know, spot in some rankings and, um, um, you know, we'll see how it, how it plays out. So we'll transition to the, the De La Salle side. And I've watched uh, both De La Salle losses this year. And my impression is that they were two very different games. I thought against St. Francis and Mountain View, the Lancers did a great job of taking advantage of De La Salle miscues. And then they made the big plays when they absolutely had to, to get a win last week against St. Francis of Baltimore. I thought St. Francis of Baltimore was just the better team on the day bigger, faster, stronger, great quarterback play. They had it all. So I'm coming into this week kind of of two minds with the Spartans. And, and Mark, I'll, I'll pivot to you specifically. Does anyone really have an accurate account of who and what De La Salle is coming into this week? How do you think they match up with Folsom? And what sort of NorCal ramifications does this game have, especially if Folsom wins 
And we're all left sitting here trying to figure out what to do with a De La Salle team that has three losses. Um, well, okay, if De La Salle loses, they're still going to be the favorites in the North Coast section. So there's no doubt about that. So there's really, they're not really going to drop very far. Uh, their game this week, they came in 10th in the state. Uh, they lost to a team that's number one in Maryland. Could be one of the best teams in Maryland history, according to my friend, Sheldon Sheeler, who's lived in Maryland for a long time. And, um, uh, you know, they lost 49-28 to a really good team. It's in the top 20 in the nation. So, I mean, does that really hurt them in the rankings when they're going to play Folsom? No. Um, I saw the game when they played uh, Cathedral Catholic of San Diego, which some people still think is the best team in San Diego uh, section this year. And they beat them 49-21. And um, that game, there was a lot of turnovers on the Cathedral Catholic side that I think contributed it to being that lopsided just like the turnovers uh, contributed to De La Salle losing to uh, St. Francis uh, of Mountain View. I, I, I don't know if it really impacts the NorCal situation that much, uh, and let, even if Folsom wins by three touchdowns or something. The big question, I think, for Folsom is in all the games they've played against De La Salle so far, they've just been beaten up physically. They've been out physical up front, and Folsom is a finesse team. And you can beat them up and create holes. And you mentioned who has the ground game to play with Folsom. Well, De La Salle does. I think this particular De La Salle team is, is you know, a cup below a lot of the ones they've had because they're just, you know, they're, they don't they don't pass. And the quarterback doesn't run either. So, I mean, it's just handoffs, basically. But they, they do it very well, and especially when they run on the side with the juniors, uh, Thompson and Powers and uh, the tight end going to Notre Dame, Cooper Flanagan. When they run behind those guys, they'll, they'll create holes against anybody. And uh, maybe not, you know, the top four teams in Southern California, but anybody in Northern California. And if they can run the ball and get their running backs loose and their running backs are fast and good, they can, they can still beat anybody and, and it wouldn't be a big shock or a surprise if they, you know, didn't lose again from here on out. Mark is right. You know, the, the, what, what De La Salle has that people just haven't had in Northern California is dominating run game and uh, physicality on defense, tremendous coaching staff. These guys are always in shape. So that's, that's why it makes it such a cool game, you know, and this is a game for, all of, I think all of Sacramento and all the section and maybe all of Northern California is rooting for another De La Salle loss. A lot of people are probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, but at the I end wonder, of the day, they may still be the only ones winning a state title too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I wonder how much the NorCal streak being over, like St. Francis actually doing that maybe just takes a teeny bit of pressure off of Folsom. Like they don't have to carry the weight of NorCal anymore. Does, I mean, I know Folsom's never been afraid to, to really play De La Salle, um, but uh, it's uh, I wonder how just how much that dynamic tweaks just a little bit by not having the pressure of having to end the streak. Well, you know, that's a great question, Chase. And, and I think coaches are keenly aware of streaks and what's going on, even though they downplay it. Um, I think the kids who are really into it, the players are. But mostly I think people look at De La Salle as just this 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 image of, excellence and you know when people for years people around here said ah well De La Salle never has played any of our teams well they plowed right through St. Mary's and and Central Catholic and Jesuit and Granite Bay and Del Oro and Pulse. so they've gone through everybody so they've I never think, lost uh, to a Sacramento right, section too right I I have them <clears throat> I wrote it down somewhere but I think they're like 38 no since like the early 80s against this section that's a lot of teams from this yeah, area I haven't checked like in the early days of in the late 70s if they might have played somebody like a tracy or somebody they probably did. i, I, I figured I'm, I'm going to when latticeur took over in right. 79 right um, and i think they had a, a loss to benicia which was in this <laughs> section briefly but it wasn't in this section at that time um but chase back to your point tall doherty the folsom coach went down to that same um, to that uh, St. Francis Mountain View game to watch it live. Uh, I think they had a bye, and he was texting me. He said, "Wow, I mean, Dale uh, Sal was down, but a lot of spirit and championship moxie to come all the way back and take the lead." And then extra kudos for St. Francis for for uh, for answering that. So he was a football coach scouting, but he was a football fan in admiration for both teams. 
Uh, so we'll we'll uh, we'll wrap this up. Does anyone want to um, actually um, choose a choose a team in this matchup? Or yeah, I'll take it. I'm, I'm going to go with Folsom, and I'm going to if if certainly if De La Salle had won the St. Francis game, I probably wouldn't because I would never get a bet against the De La Salle team that just hasn't lost to to, to Northern California teams. Um, but I think they you know they're human. De La Salle is. Um, I would expect to probably a high scoring fun game. Um, but if De La Salle wins, it's going to be exactly what Marcus was touching on running game, physicality on, 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 on defense, uh, and, and, and just making those kind of plays. I don't think Folsom's going to try to reinvent the wheel. So I'm going to go with Folsom in a, in a thriller here because everything's rolling. Uh, no, no blips, no injuries, everything just, just rolling right along. I'd probably pick Folsom too. Um, maybe, a, maybe a close game. Um, yeah, they're definitely the favorite. It's, it's a, it's a good solid De La Salle team, but it's, it's not one of their best. So I think they're definitely beatable by, by Folsom. And I, from all indications, Folsom has got a team similar to maybe the ones in 17 and 18 that won state titles. Um, you know, De La Salle beat the 18 team 14 to nothing and shut them out. One of, Terry Edson's greatest coaching accomplishments, shutting out that team in 2000. Which went on to, which went on which to win the state. Yeah, it was right. an overtime, but they did they did beat Cathedral Catholic that year. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I don't think that, that De La Salle is quite at the level of some of the recent teams, so far anyway. You know, we, we, the thing about De La Salle is we've seen a lot of years where they were very – seemed beatable early on, and then later on they start getting rolling. They, I, I, I still think Folsom's the favorite for sure. Well, that'll uh, we'll get out of here on that. We'll we'll address the the picking of that game and our picks later. But uh, preview is I think I'm leaning towards both of our friends here, having uh, watched both teams. Hey, what do we know? We don't watch enough film. That's How many right. Practices do we go to? <laughs> well, we we've referenced we've invoked the great coach Terry Edson, and he is the third member of our crew on this podcast. We'll hear from him a little bit later, but he it does watch film for us every week. So he will have a, uh, an opinion on uh, this game and others. But uh, thanks both uh, Mark and Joe for giving us some perspective heading into another huge game week. Fans, if you see the three of these fine gentlemen on the sideline up at Folsom this week, stop by and say hello. I am being left home off the travel roster by Sports <laughs> Stars Magazine to hold down the Bay Area. It's a big okay. job, but somebody's got to do it. Um, so thank you guys uh, so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks. See you guys soon. And now we're going to take a quick timeout for a quick message from Sports Stars Magazine's podcast partner, the California Army National Guard. We understand an upside-down world, but they're writing us off before we get to the starting line. A stalled generation? Who do you think is going to fix all this? We will, because our future is the future. The next greatest generation is now. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. And now... Back to the show. I want to thank again, uh, Mark Tennis and Joe Davidson, two of our longtime colleagues here in Northern California high school sports and two of the absolute best. Uh, it's really nice when we can send a text, make a call or send an email uh, and have our friends in Northern California who know in a lot of ways, a lot more than we do come on to make us sound a little bit smarter. So thanks for those guys uh, for jumping in. Uh, speaking of making us sound smart, it is now time to transition into our weekly segment with the old ball coach, Terry Edson. We will get to hear twice this week if you tune into our podcast on the De La Salle Long Beach Poly game. But this week, uh, it starts and stops with the big game in Folsom. One of the schools that is competing is one that he may know a little bit something about. So we took the opportunity to pick his brain about the X's and O's and everything that goes into a, another installment in the De La Salle Folsom rivalry. We'd like to welcome in coach Terry Edson for another week of high level, high quality football talk. As we record this, the mighty Las Vegas Raiders are taking on the chargers after having to wait out a weather delay inside of a dome stadium in Los Angeles. So in the spirit of things that people can do while in a weather delay, we appreciate you taking time at, time out to answer our trivial and inane questions. How are you this fine evening? 
<laughs> oh, I'm great. A lot of people are wondering why there is a weather delay with the domed roof, but the sides are open. And if anybody wants to pay a, the lawsuit, if some fan gets whacked by lightning, be my guest, because uh, that's a dangerous situation. So been in those uh, delays before. It's just the way it goes. Well, uh, we're going to jump right in this week. It's no secret that the team on your campus uh, this week has another massive game on its schedule. But before we get to that one, let's talk real quick about last week. You were optimistic about the matchup with St. Francis Academy of Baltimore, but it didn't go the Spartans' way. So outside of the analysis that St. Francis is really good, what were your thoughts for the game? You know, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, the Spartans, I think they were just a little bit outgunned last week. When you have size and speed, it's it's tough to overcome. I, I thought defensively were going to be able to hang in there a little better. And uh, I know the coaches were, were just were very disappointed with um, our defensive effort last week. We, we kind of looked like we did against St. Francis in the first half. Just didn't, I don't understand how you, they didn't have the spark they needed to compete in that first half. They just looked a little lifeless to me. And uh Bottom line is, in all honesty, and I'm not um, making a statement about our state or our sections or anything like that, but that game as state goes, you know, if that's your goal, really does not fit into the picture. This game this week fits into that picture. So uh, all games are important, but as your season goes, I mean, you just have to be honest about it as your season goes and what you want to accomplish at the end of your season, the Folsom game in that sense is bigger than the St. Francis game. Well, with that one uh, in the rearview mirror, it is big game week yet again on the De La Salle campus. And this time they are heading up the freeway to take on Folsom. Since you are obviously well familiar with this opponent, uh, we thought we would find out from what you've seen on film and what you know of this year's team, what makes this incarnation of Folsom different than the ones that you've had to game plan for in past years? Well, I think it's going to be a matchup issue for us because we have not defended the pass that well this year. And Folsom, you know, they throw a lot of those intermediate routes. They, they keep the chains moving. Uh, their quarterback is extremely accurate. They have good receivers. So, um, you know, we're going to hopefully, um, I think if, if the matchup's going to be is our offensive line, you know, and against their defense, and I'm pretty sure Coach Allenbaugh's main goal is to, to keep, to give our defense a rest. You know, last week we, we, we were a lot of three and outs and against a really good team, we're on the field a lot defensively, and that's, that's going to eventually, we're gonna, they're going to wear us down a little bit. So this week, hopefully we keep our offense on the field against Folsom's defense and keep their offense off the field. And, and when I played teams like Folsom, my goal was, you know, chunks, little chunks, make them move it down the field uh, and um, make sure they, you know, they didn't get 40, 50, 60 yard plays. That was always my goal. Keep the ball in front of it and see how, how they can, if they can drive it, you know, 75, 80 yards. So, you know, I always used to say when I play teams like this, they're going to get their completions. They're going to get some first downs. They're going to make some plays. It's a good football team. But your goal is you got to keep them out of the end zone. We were pretty successful in the past in doing that. And uh, we're just going to have to rise the occasion this week as well. Now, they don't possess the same size. And they have some good offensive linemen. But that's why you play St. Francis Academy, because you're not going to see the kind of offensive linemen they had. Does Folsom have some good receivers? Absolutely. You're not going to see the, the flat out speed that's, you know, St. Francis Academy had. So it's, it's actually a good experience for you to take on a team like Folsom after you play such a, a, a high level team at St. Francis. So I think that's going to be at least from a coaching standpoint, that's an advantage for us. So when, when we were talking about this week's game at the beginning of the show, I gave Ben a fill the gap segment that said to win a, to win at Folsom, De La Salle absolutely must blank. He responded with, quote, make the pitch, and uh, that they effectively needed to run the football. I agreed, added that my second must for them would be to pressure the quarterback because Tyler Tremaine can't be upright all night or he's going to eat you guys alive. So what what would be – what's another what – what are other keys or X factors that you would add to those two? 
Well, I think we, like we did against St. Francis and Mountain View, I think we're going to, you know, we have some pretty good athletes in our special teams. We've got to make something happen on our special teams, which uh, we're able to do against St. Francis to get us back in the game. Uh, <laughs> in a weird way, we didn't do anything, but it helped us get us back in the game when the guy, you know, kicked it off the player's rear end and we got <laughs> off the 10-yard line. And then, you know, we got the onside kick. That's unfortunate. We couldn't take it in and score. We could have maybe, you know, uh, got tightened uh, St. Francis up a little bit on the sidelines if we'd, you know, if we after we got the onside kick, if we would have uh, taken that in to score, we weren't able to do that. But I think we're just going to have to make some big plays on special teams. And if guys switch the field too, you know, we got if, even if we don't get, we got to get some first downs. So at least we can make them drive the the ball. If you if you turn the ball over against Folsom, give them a short field. That's going to be a huge problem. So first thing number one is you got to make them earn whatever they get. You can't give them any gifts. So the, I think Ben said make the pitch. Absolutely make the pitch. Don't fumble the pitch. That's <laughs> positive. We always say to make commitments. Don't talk negative. Speak positive. So yes, make the pitch. Absolutely. Um, uh, make you know make Folsom work on a, a long field, and and I agree with you, Chase. But here's the thing about Folsom, you can't give them all day. But you know if you do get a push on them, I mean they have a very good a short uh, a passing attack. So you know when we faced them with teams that could get to the quarterback, you know they're getting rid of the ball really fast. So you're going to have to cover, and if you're going to play zone against them, you're going to have to, um, you know get your head on a swivel because there's going to be guys coming from you. So one guy, we always say one guy leads your zone. Someone's coming in. We'll go ahead and, and start your week of picks with this game. And since we know you're ride or die with big green, maybe we'll just have you give us, give us a score prediction. How's that? That's a good one. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Here's my prediction. 35, 28, De La Salle. All right. Solid Lots points. Lots of points. Um, yeah, I don't I don't expect it to be a low scoring. <laughs> no. That's a really bold statement by me, I know. <laughs> it's not so, Tampa Bay, New England here, guys. So, sometimes nor will the weather be. <laughs> right, sometimes exactly. you, you just got to take the one that's uh, given to you. Um but, but for fans who are going to the game, great place to watch a high school football game. They're going to have really enjoyable experience. They do a first class a class job up there. Great fans, great area. I mean, as a high, I'm, you know, I'm a, I was a high school coach for 39 years, but I'm also a high school fan. That is a place to watch a great football game. Yep. Well, we'll uh, transition to the next game we're giving you with another great place to watch a football game, although it wasn't the best place to watch a football game if you were a Spartans fan earlier this year. This week, number eight, Valley Christian goes to number two, St. Francis. And, uh, Valley Christian's coming off a win over St. Ignatius and St. Francis is coming off of a win over Sacred Heart Cathedral. Warriors and Lancers, who you got? I think St. Francis probably been waiting for the next big game. I think this is it. And um, I, I just think St. Francis is just going to be too physical for them this year. Um, and also, you know, they, they've, they've always played good defense. I mean, that's the problem we play. When you play at St. Francis, you're going to get that defense. It's and the, Like I said, it's a great place to play. Kids, I mean, that school is just completely psyched up. And I know what they're saying now as coaches. The worst thing that can happen to you as a high school football coach, you'll, you will, you never forget. You can't beat De La Salle and then you lose to Valley Christian. It just totally negates that victory. So, Right now, they're thinking bigger picture, right? You're thinking we're in the driver's seat or we're one of the teams that's got to be seen, you know, for state. And uh, I just think the motivation's too much at home. I, I see St. Francis winning this game. All right. We'll do one more. We'll uh, we'll visit Broadmoor Drive in San Ramon. Oh, or here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Where number 20, Clayton Valley, will bring the Tim Murphy farewell tour to the undefeated Grizzlies. The combined score of the last two matchups between these teams is 34 to 33 Clayton Valley. So good luck with this one. You know, uh, interesting. I, I have a vested interest in this game. Uh, number one, um, the head coach, which you guys had on a couple of weeks ago, Danny, you know, Calcagno, I actually coached against his San Leandro Pirates when he was the quarterback and he was a really good quarterback playing them on Burrell field back in the day. We actually played on grass, if you can believe that. It actually did happen one time. 
So I really like Danny. Uh, I've always had a good relationship with Coach Murphy, too. But the dark horse here is that, you know, Cal High's defensive coordinator, Ned Milan, is a former Spartan coach, you know, was our linebacker coach for years. He's a good friend of mine. He knows what he's doing on the defensive coordinator side. I've been taught, you know, we've been talking and he's got a young team and that's in Clayton Valley. He's got a little, little size on him, but um, I cannot go against my boy, Ned. I think he's going to cook something up for Clayton Valley. I think this is not going to be a high scoring game. Although I think the advantage, although I was going to say that I think Clayton throws a little bit better, but I saw a little bit, you know, Clayton Valley is throwing the ball pretty decent this year. So this is going to be an interesting contest, but I'm thinking uh, Danny's going to cook up some things offensively to, to keep him in the game. I say this is going to be super close. I'm going like 24, 21. All right. It's good. It's good. Chase, nobody actually believes that it's the Tim Murphy farewell tour. Come on. Come on, man. I, I, no, I, I do believe it. I've talked to him. Mm. He seems pretty. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm predicting. Uh, Tim, uh, uh, you don't know the, I, I know I've talked to Tim for years. I, you know, I used to see him at my old gym, and uh, that's why he's so big, and I'm not, because he kept going, and I did. But, um Tim seriously has he put so much time into it. He does have a little burnout in him right now. Now, is this the last time Tim Murphy is going to coach? I don't think so. But I think he steps away for a while, gets re-energized, and, and comebacks in. But he's been talking about this for. I mean, a couple of years ago, I remember him saying that he didn't do anything in the summer. I was like, what? What you? <laughs> seriously yeah he's gotten to that point i i understand where he's coming from so i think it is his farewell tour for for at least a year i'm gonna say that like the who like the stones <laughs> else like kiss they always say it's their last tour and they always come back so uh, with that coach Edson, we'd like to thank you for stopping by and um and we'll see you again next week I'll be here as always. That's false, Chase. We'll see him for the special edition. Yes, that's right. Go yell at the Raiders now, Terry. I will. I'm got a 10 minute drive home and start doing that. I'll see you guys later. All right, see you tomorrow. Yeah. Well, that was once again another illuminating conversation with Coach Terry Edson. Certainly not surprising that he's fired up about this game. And I'm also probably not surprising that he's picking the Spartans. So now that we're talking about picks, let's get to our picks. Let's start with picks by praising you for another big week, an undefeated week, 5-0. and So congratulations on that. Can you keep it rolling another week? I'm sure you think you can. But it's a tough slate this week, so why don't you give us the games and uh, we'll roll right into these things. Uh, if you were a Vegas odds maker, you would say, no, I cannot keep it going. I, uh, I, I looked at this week's games a couple of weeks ago and immediately texted you to say, what the heck are we going to do? We both want to go see Folsom de la Salle, but there are so many great games in Northern California and our slate of picks reflects that. So uh, here's the list from which we shall choose. Uh, no surprise, top of the list. Number three, de la Salle goes to number one, Folsom. Uh, moving to the West Catholic Athletic League, number eight, Valley Christian heads to number two, St. Francis of Mountain View. In the Valley Oak League, our friends from Kimball of Tracy will head uh, to Modesto to take on number 10, Central Catholic. Let's see if you have the uh, guts to go near the Raiders, although I think they did you right last week. Number 20, Clayton Valley uh, opens its East Bay Athletic League slate at California of San Ramon. Um, moving to the Diablo Athletic League, a pair of games, Akalanis at Las Lomas Walnut Creek and Benicia at Camp Alindo. Both are up for the choosing this week. And then we'll round it out in the Tri-County League with the Dons of De Anza heading to El Cerrito to take on the Gauchos. With that said, you, sir, can get us started with uh, pick number one. I will start with that TCAL Rock Division matchup. Right there at the end. De Anza was a preseason darling that hasn't quite panned out, though I've played a, though they've played a relatively 
tough schedule. So I've cut a little, cut him a little bit of slack there. El Cerrito has shown flashes while going three and two against an equally tough schedule. I'm going Gaucho Pride here, primarily because they're the home team. I think El Cerrito's defense is probably better than the Heritage Brentwood defense that held DeAnza to six points just two weeks ago. So if the Gauchos' offense can take care of the ball, they should be able to get the W. Give me the Gauchos. I'm going to that game a little bit later in my picks, but I can, having seen both those defenses that you just mentioned, I can confirm your suspicion, at least in my opinion. Um, well, I'm going to uh, go big or go home, baby. I am not, uh, I'm not shying from a fight. And I'm going to start with the big one because I feel like I shouldn't punk out this week and because I can hide behind my keyboard here in the comfort of the East Bay. <laughs> um, look, I, I, I'm on record. Folsom is the best team I have seen this year. I think the analysis that we got from Joe D and Mark Tennis is spot on. Can De La Salle dominate in the trenches as it has in years and matchups past? I'll be honest, we don't really know. What I do know is Folsom is going to put up points. I'm also going to go back to a point that you made in our roundtable. Does the St. Francis of Mountain View win give added hope to fellow NorCal teams? I think there's something to that. What we also shouldn't underestimate, though, is it is incredibly rare for De La Salle to be able to play the underdog card. And this week, they get to do that. So let's see if that serves as added motivation for the Spartans. I've picked against De La Salle before in big games, although not normally against Northern California teams. Uh, and more often than not, they've proven me wrong. But I'm going with the team that so far this season – has looked the best in Northern California to my two eyes. Give me Folsom. I'm not going to make that a lock, though, I assume. No, God, no. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Um, no, no, but uh, I will move to my lock. I'm crazy. I'm not suicidal. Um, so let me move to my next game. There are no games to lock in on this board. None. None of these games should be locks, all right? Come on, let's Fair. be honest. But we have to. You told me I have to. And so this will be the one for me. Week one in the Tri-County Athletic League Rock Division is a showdown for frontrunner status with El Cerrito hosting De Anza on Frank Milo Field. Uh, let's give both these teams credit for doing some aggressive scheduling. You touched on this a little. El Cerrito's losses are against Marin Catholic and Monta Vista. De Anza's are against Mac, Cardinal Newman, and Heritage. I think the difference for me here comes in the fact that Deanza struggled to put up points this year. 21 against Cardinal Newman is their biggest output this year. They're facing an El Cerrito defense that you mentioned ranks among the area's best. Um, so that's an edge for the Gauchos to me. Um, also, forever, whatever it's worth, the last time these two met in the spring, El Cerrito won 33 to nothing. And El Cerrito's got a pretty similar team to what they had in the spring. So locking in a Gaucho win. Because if I'm going to look silly, it's going to be with the old alma mater. That's good. All right. I will offer my lock as well, and I'm not nearly as confident in it as you probably are with the Gauchos. But I'm going with another home team here, and I'm taking the Knights of Los Lomas to outlast Aquilanes in a shootout because Aquilanes may not score less than 30 points at any time this season. However, uh, Los Lomas was one yard shy of upsetting a very good Ceremon Valley team, which I saw last week. Ceremon Valley had a goal line stand that helped help clinch the win. So we know Los Lomas is good. And uh, so I think I think Los Lomas' strength of schedule in recent weeks has prepared them a bit more for this showdown. And I'm going to take the Knights in luck. That is, that is beyond bold. <laughs> beyond bold. I, I normally, I will reserve my uh, destination until like Thursday night when I tell you, hey, here's where I'm going to go. I'm pretty sure that's where I'm headed this week. <laughs> that is going to be a crazy good football game. It, it should be, yes. I will start our third round. And, uh, you know, I, I can't punk out all the way. I can't avoid both of these top 10 matchups. And I'm not going to pick the Dale South Wilson game because I said at the top, I plan to talk to both teams after the game this week. But <laughs> I will take a stab at the West Catholic game of the week in Mountain View. Uh, St. Francis looked a little shaky in the first uh, first half of their win over winless Sacred Heart Cathedral last week, but they took care of business in the second half. And I think that scare will have them a little more focused this week. 
and the Lancers defense bends against the Jackson Berman Jury and Dickey show, but doesn't break. I say St. Francis 21, Valley Christian 20. Ooh, you gave us a score. Too. I did. Look at that. Check you out. I am of the same mind as you. I'm in the same place and same headspace as you. So I'm going to wrap my picks up also in the CCS uh, and in the West Catholic Athletic League where Valley Christian heads to St. Francis. Um, you know, St. Francis hasn't had a ton of trouble uh, outside of that one half that you referenced and then uh, getting their historic win over De La Salle. Um, that obviously came with some consternation. Uh, but the they're coming in at 4-0. They're fresh off of a 37-13 win on the road up at Kizar. Um, Valley Christian comes in at 4-1, and one, and that only loss came at Pittsburgh, a game that you were at. But two weeks ago, they needed some incredible heroics from Jurion Dickey to come from behind to beat that same Sacred Heart Cathedral team. If you have wait, let me stop you. Look up that touchdown catch and run by oh, you, you beat me to it. That was that was absolutely <laughs> the next thing I was gonna say. That is a man's football play right there. Uh shout out Mike Gundy. Um so yes, Jury on Dickey is incredible. We know this. Jackson Berman, incredible. We know this. And Valley Christian's a really good football team. But what did we learn in the Dale Asad game? I think the rage cage can get turned. And it's going to be turned up to max this week for a big game. Give me the Lancers at home to stay undefeated. All right. So that will bring us to our rapid fire uh, session. We're going to start with an intriguing league opener in the Foothill Division of the Mission Valley West Alameda Super Conference. San Leandro travels to James Logan. You've actually seen both of these teams and one of them you've seen twice. Do the Colts continue their turnaround? They're one and four. They just got their first win. Or do the Pirates grab early control of this division? This is a classic matchup in that part of the world. Um, I'm taking San Leandro. I actually liked what I saw from San Leandro against Bellarmine. That was more about Bellarmine being really good than it was San Leandro not so. So uh, give me the Pirates um, in a classic uh, showdown on Interstate 880. All right. Now... We're going to go to Central California. Well, Turlock is two and four, is going to Downey of Modesto, which is five and one. It was a tough 0 and three start for Turlock, but their past three games have featured a near upset of current number eight team Antica and then solid wins over Clovis West Fresno and Crosstown rival Pittman. Meanwhile, Downey also lost to Manteca in a season opener but have since won five straight, including a 23 21 win over Lincoln Stockton that knocked the Trojans out of the rankings. Are you back in the Bulldogs or are you Downey Fresh? Laundry alert, laundry alert, Lamo, <laughs> seven square. Uh, give me Downey because I'm fresh like that. <laughs> Excellent. Also, now, also, I will note that the, your streak lives of being able to select one game that I have absolutely no idea about. That's your one this week. You're not going to like this game either then. Boy, we're going up to my old stomping grounds. Enterprise of Reading has looked like the Northern Section's best team through the first uh, for first six weeks of the season. They're 5-0. and But the undefeated Hornets have to go on the road to a Pleasant Valley Chico team that just pushed Rancho Cotati to the brink last Friday. Who you got between 5-0 and Enterprise or 2-3 and Pleasant Valley? Joke's on you. I actually looked at this game because <laughs> it, I always look in that neck of the woods to see if I can stump you. Uh, let's PC this up a little bit. Let's spin it forward for 2021. And let's boldly go where no human has ever gone before. The deck of the USS Enterprise. <laughs> all uh, right. Your turn. Let's all right. Go. Beam me up, Scotty. It's time for your quick picks. All right, let's go to the Foothill Valley League, my friend. Nevada Union of Grass Valley, longtime Sac Joaquin section power, comes in at four and two and hosts the Hillmen of Placer, who enter at a rather shocking 0 and 5. But let's do a little digging. Placer's record comes at the expense of Casa Roble, Antelope, Vista del Lago, Pleasant Valley, and Lincoln. No dogs in there. No. To further build the suspense, the master computer at Cal Prep says Nevada, win, Nevada Union wins 31-30. to 30. So this is not a one-sided game. 
Now, before I have you pick this game, let me make Coach Edson proud for a minute. In 2009, a spunky three-year-old Bay Colt named Mind That Bird became the then second longest shot ever to win the Kentucky Derby, crossing the line first at a massive 50-1. to The Miners in this matchup will most certainly not be 50-1. to So are you rolling with all things mine-related, or will it be too tough to climb over these hillmen? I, I don't know. I looked at this game too, and I, if I'm not mistaken, Placer was shut out last week. They were shut out in a loss to Lincoln, I think. Now I gotta checking, look that up. Checking, checking. That is correct. Twenty-eight okay. nil. So I, Placer teams don't get beaten like that very often. So I gotta think they bounce back in a big way. There's a lot of pride in the line. That's a Foothills rivalry. They play a lot. Um, I think I think Placer is going to be jacked up to play that game, and I think they pull it out. Okay, bold. Don't say don't say we ignore Owen Owen five teams. By the way, we're not afraid. All right, let's stick with the rivalry theme. On Friday night, a historic Keysar Stadium, the oldest high school athletic rivalry west of the Mississippi River, patent pending is rekindled as St. Ignatius and Sacred Heart Cathedral meet in the annual Bruce Mahoney rivalry game. If I have my facts right, uh, the Bruce Mahoney trophy currently has a nice view of the Pacific Ocean as it's in the possession of St. Ignatius. Remember, the trophy goes to the cumulative winning school in several sports, but on the gridiron last year, it was the Wildcats earning a 20-17 to victory. Actually, that was earlier this year, over the Fightin' Irish. This year, Cal Preps has St. Ignatius favored by a score of 17 to 14. We have personal friends who have attended both schools. So let's <laughs> see who you choose to offend. <laughs> SI or Sacred Heart Cathedral, who you got? Despite how good uh, Sacred Heart Cathedral looked in that first half against St. Francis, I, mean, I don't think anyone expected to see that halftime score. I still think St. Ignatius is the more complete team. So I'm going with the Wildcats. You can expect an angry phone call from the voice of Cal baseball, Scott Armstrong, Yes, who will be very disappointed in you. <laughs> uh, let's finish it up in the Peninsula League Bay Division for a league clash between Terra Nova of Pacifica and Sacred Heart Prep of Atherton. It's a Sacred Heart kind of week for me, apparently. So Terra Nova comes in at a sparkling four and one senior miles. Palmer has 344 yards rushing to go along with six touchdowns. Meanwhile, head coach Mark Greaves Gators definitely scheduled up in a close bunch of close losses have led to a one and four record. Their lone win came in week one against the other sacred heart, sacred heart cathedral. This is a tough one. Records aside Gators or tigers. Who you got? I think Terra Nova, their only losses to an undefeated Menlo team. Uh, I think that was an actually that was a rapid fire game that I gave to you and you picked correctly. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm leaning towards the Tigers of Terra Nova in this one. All right, fair enough. That brings another episode of Seven Friday Nights to a close. We want to extend another heartfelt thanks to both Joe Davidson and Mark Tennis. We'd like to throw out the title "Friend of the Pod" every once in a while, and those two guys truly are friends of the pod. And we'd like to obviously thank Coach Terry Edson for his contributions, especially this week, as he helped us pull together the bonus episode that will be releasing tomorrow. Seven Friday Night is available on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. If you listen to shows on one of those platforms, search for Seven Friday Night and please rate and subscribe. We build Seven Friday Night using Anchor. You can leave a voice message for us by visiting anchor.fm slash the number seven Friday night. Each of our episodes also get their own dedicated page on, on Sports Stars Magazine's web home, sportsstarsmag.com. You can stream the episode there, find links to the various other platforms, and check out a variety of bonus items that we tend to include. Our cover art was designed by me using a photo by the late great Norbert Vondergoven. Our killer theme music was written and performed by Dustin Phillips. I just saw him yesterday, and he grudgingly said he still doesn't have show dates to promote, but when he does, we'll have him on to share. And that'll do it. Ben, take us into this big time week. You think Dustin would come play his bass in my living room just to get <laughs> practice? He might. All right. 
Um, well, league matchups are here, which is really exciting. You know, it's time to get down to seeing who in each of these leagues throughout Northern California. Some have been going for a little while, but here um, in the East Bay, uh, they're just now getting fired up. So the top of the schedule remains insane every week. Good games in part, every part of Northern California. Uh, like I mentioned, I'm likely sticking close to home this week to see how the Diablo Athletic League starts, but I'll be ready to watch that Dale South game on replay when Dale South Folsom game on replay when I get home. Um, and I'll let you have the final word here since you're going to go to the big one. How fired up are you to see Dale South and Folsom reprise their, their uh, rivalry? I am indeed quite excited about seeing that game. I think it's going to be a great matchup. It's got a ton of implications far and wide as far as the bowl games go. Obviously, we, we know we have to see what happens in the West Catholic Athletic League, but the winner of this game is going to have a, a bigger path to a bigger bowl for sure. And, you know, it's just they're both two really good programs that play really good football. It, you know, it's, it's not going to be a blowout one way or the other. It's going to be a good game. And I can't wait to see how it plays out. And I, honestly, all seven of those games that we talked about on our pick slate are all games I'm really excited to see results for this week. So I'm looking forward to being out at Folsom and, and seeing that showdown. And I think uh, I think NorCal football fans have a fun week ahead of them. And I, you know, enjoy the games, and we'll be excited to break it down for you guys next week. We'll see you then. Let's roll, boys. <laughs> <laughs>